Welcome to the 503 Report, where America's voice is heard. Thank you for listening online. Be sure to check out our website weekly as we bring Sacramento and the world to you. The 503 Report at www.503report.com, where America's voice is heard. think that college student Otto Warburger could turn back the clock about three or four months? In case you didn't hear, he was the U.S. college student who was sentenced to 15 years of hard labor in North Korea for allegedly attempting to steal a banner bearing a propaganda slogan from his hotel room in what North Korean state media called a hostile act aimed at destroying the unity of North Korea. Now, while stealing a banner in the United States would probably only warrant a fine or maybe even a misdemeanor at best, but certainly not 15 years of hard labor, but you're not in the United States. Warburg was convicted after a one-hour trial. The harsh sentence comes just weeks after the United States successfully pushed for tougher sanctions against North Korea as punishment for the country's recent testing of rockets and nuclear bombs. Because North Korea is a dictatorship, prospects for an appeal for Warber, pretty slim. Warber was at the end of a five-day New Year's group tour of North Korea when he was seized at the airport. While we as a people in the United States are free to travel where we want, and I defend that freedom of your choice, why would anyone want to tour North Korea? Afghanistan, Pakistan, and most Middle Eastern countries that have hatred beyond anything that we can imagine for us as a people. Remember, when you leave our great country and travel or tour other nations, you should be mindful that you are not in Kansas anymore. (laughs) It is Friday. It is our favorite day of the week, and I will defend us going anywhere, and it's going to be difficult to get that young man back, but why? 
would you want to go to North Korea? I have, it's beyond me. <laughs> Doctors are, you know, cross borders and go, I understand all that. But the young man was going on a tour, and there's nothing in North Korea that I personally, Tim Reinertsen, want to see. It is our favorite day of the week. And with me, as always, my good friend, Andrew Wilburn. Buddy, how you doing today, pal? Well, I think that, uh, first of all, uh, I think probably something had to do with maybe the indoctrination of this young student from whatever university he came from. As being that socialism is good, dictatorships are good, that it's not North Korea is the problem, it's not Afghanistan that's the problem, it's not the Iranians that is the problem, it's that nasty, nasty, nasty nation as known as the uh, United States of America. The great Satan is the reason, and that indoctrination, folks, happens up and down our nation, across our state, in just about every university system in the great nation, not the great Satan, the great nation known as the United States of America. Hello, folks. Andrew Wellborn here on the 503 Report, bringing Sacramento and the world to you. And, of course, as you know, Tim, we podcast on iTunes, where America's voice is heard. And we are. We can't thank them for enough for that. And if you'd like to get a hold of us, it's pretty simple. You can uh, text us to 257-8255 if you have a question. If you don't want to be on the air, you can text us there, and we will get your question up there as well. And, you know, there's nothing, like I said, Andrew, that would make me want to go to one of those uh, countries. I have a problem just driving down south of our borders. Anyway, I, I'll fly into Mexico, and go, but I will not drive down there because you are taking your life in your own hands. We all hear the stories about uh, the corrupt uh, officials everywhere that you go, and it's, I, I just don't understand it, why he would, somebody would want to go there, put their lives in their own hands. Now that young man, a college student aged, you know, we may or may not get him back, but 15 years for taking a banner, that's certainly not the United States. Well, you always have to remember, folks, I mean, obviously, I mean, myself, uh, I'm pretty experienced at traveling the world outside the uh, boundaries of the United States. And the first thing my girl and I, we always remember is we are no longer in the United States. That was well put. We are no longer in the United States. Anything that we think applies to us <laughs> does not apply necessarily outside the borders of the United States. So our Constitution, our great nation, that, that, that protection document that we take so for granted. You know, a, a good thing about this story is, is that we can apply it toward, you know, to, towards some of the movement that's happening in the United States. And I say it often on our show, as you guys know, you know, the reason socialism, I believe, that's starting to get a pretty good movement in the United States is because the ideology in itself sounds pretty good. Sounds great. Sounds great. Sounds, as we use the word all the time, utopic. Yeah. However, you know, the problem we have in our in our young kids in college today is they're not associating all of the atrocities historically that have occurred with this ideology. And so when you call Hillary Clinton a socialist or Bernie Sanders a socialist, that that ideology sounds very good. It sounds very, very uh, appealable. However, you know, the historical aspect of this is not applied with the ideology. And so let me tell you something, guys. Without the Constitution of the United States, don't think for a second. In fact, our history clearly shows it, that prior to the Constitution, we as colonists uh, tended to have these same type of tendencies when it came to judgment on individuals did not want to comply with the anarchy of the colonies. Well, we had only one thing to draw from it, and that was the experience that we had back in the, you know, the 1600s when they came over here some uh, 400 years ago, a, a dictatorship in uh, England and other countries where they were at, and that's, just, that's where it was. And it's amazing in, the, in a short span of a time 
how we evolved in a little over 100 years to get that great document written, we call the Declaration of the United States, the Declaration of Independence. Uh, and it's just amazing what they did. And they came over here for freedoms from prosecution, and they worked and they worked, and they still were prose- persecuted. They had to fight for everything they got, and it's amazing what they could do in a short amount of time. Well, you know, I have to be careful. And, you know, I know this is going to sound the way it's going to sound, but, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I mean it the way it's going to sound, but, you know, I'm, I'm getting kind of frustrated in today's modern society when when missionaries go into these nations and they get caught and they get in prison and now they're pleading to the United States to help them. I mean, when you enter into a Muslim nation as a Christian and you bring Bibles, there is a chance that you are going to be persecuted for bringing in the Bibles. You know, I mean, these nations have got strict Muslim rules and the conversion. You know, look, what's going on in the Middle East, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit on mm-hmm. the bottom part of the show, the, yeah. the, the conversion uh, movement that, that occurred. Well, it's been happening throughout our world history, not just in the—even uh, in the United States, England. You know, persecution, on, that's, that, that, that's why, you know, this word genocide is starting to kind of, you know, concern me. All of a sudden, we're waking up to something that's been going historically, you know, since we've been in existence as 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 mankind, womankind, as individuals, as human beings. So, you know, my 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 word of wisdom to all you young college students who feel the need to go, you know, down to uh, oh Iran, a need to uh, oh. You know, there are no borders. You get caught crossing a border in, in, in Iran, you're going to know that oh real quick that there is a border. You feel the need to go to a, a communist dictatorship nation, you better realize that you're no longer in America. So slaps like this in the face need to happen from time to time. But at the same time, if you steal something, my favorite place to go in the world, man, is the Grand Caymans. And any chance I get to go down the Grand Caymans, boy, I love doing it. But, man, when we walk through customs there's a sign and it has the image of a hand and in that hand appears to be what we know as a joint and it says first time offense is 10 years in prison for a joint coming in that would be for most people who don't understand what a joint is that's usually marijuana in the form of a cigarette yeah. 10 years first time offense that gets my attention right off the bat when i come through their customs not U.S. customs. It, it, what a drastic change between the United States and a lot of the Western states, and they're trying to get it legalized everywhere now, up to ounce, a couple ounces medicinal. They don't have any of that down there. You know, it's, it's a big part of their economy. They don't want to say it, but a big part of the economy in the Caribbean is from that. But, boy, they do not put up with that at all. Well, a big part of the Grand Caymans is the international business, and the last thing they want is that drug infestation to uh, invade that nation. And, you know, without a doubt, that's that's very important. But i got to tell you guys, you know, look, I mean, it sounds sounds ridiculous, but every time you leave the United States, you are no longer in the United States. So remember that. And uh, if you remember that, then maybe, maybe, maybe you won't run into problems as a tourist in another nation. Absolutely, Andrew. All right, folks, time for something you should know you don't know, maybe you don't want to know, but you're going to know that right now. The year is 1190. Yes, we're going all the way back to 1190. And speaking of genocide, it seems that the Jews were living in York, England. They are besieged by the Crusaders and the, the Clifford Towers, and they're massacred for, or they commit suicide rather than, ready, submit to baptism. Yes, it happens wow. throughout our history. 1229, the Holy Roman Emperor Frederick II crowns himself king of 
Jerusalem. And of course, 1314, Jacques de Malo, the 23rd and last Grand Master of the Knights of Templar. He is burned at the stake. The 503 Report bringing Sacramento and the world to you. Heard every Friday right after the news about 1215 and 1240K. And I'm podcasting on iTunes. Get a hold of us via text at 257 The phone number of that as well. And now the area, 1-866-882-1277. The 503 Report bringing Sacramento and the world to you. And now, it's live from the high desert in the Sierra Nevada mountains. It's the 503 Report, Northeastern California's original political talk show, bringing Sacramento and the world to you. And here's your host, Tim Reinertz. Thank you very much, Dan. Welcome back, everybody. It's the 503 Report, bringing Sacramento and the world to you. Heard on our favorite day, Friday, right after the news, every Friday. Text us, 257-8255. If you have a question, a topic you want to get to, if you don't want to be on there, we'll be certain... Uh, Lee, happy to uh, read that for you and get it on the air. I'm joined, as always, with my good friend, Andrew Wellborn. Buddy? You know, I just love March Madness, especially during the political season. You know, we've got March Madness kicking on with basketball. We've got the primaries happening on both sides of the major political parties. And I have to tell you something. You know, I watched some some great basketball last night and the day before, and I can't wait to watch it throughout the weekend. So right off the bat, man, we have to give a shout-out and say congratulations to Yale. What an accomplishment. First win ever in the NCAA championship. So, Yale, man, you guys go. Good luck on your next round. And I have to tell you, you know, historical events like this, always excite me. Hello, folks. Andrew Wellborn here on the 503 Report, bringing Sacramento and the world to you. And, of course, we podcast on iTunes, where America's voice is heard. Tim, you know, we're talking about stupidity a little bit on the first segment of this show. And really it comes into, you know, young kids actually, you know, leaving this United States, going into another nation with the indoctrination from the university that they've been attending. And, you know, they, it's, it's, it's been a while since we've seen a young American actually being busted, as we say, somewhere in the world in a nation that's got way more stricter laws than we do and subjected to, you know, such a sentence. But, you know, at the same time, man, I mean, there must be a warning in place, you know, the consequence of action it is not what is being you know indoctrinated in young kids today and so consequence of action is something that we are going to have to start becoming more and more aware of as far as imprinting it on our young men and women's minds today Tim for the sake of the future of this nation well I was going to ask you about that because it, it seems you know the, the a lot of professors at university they are very liberal and socialist minded and they teach that out there but these are smart young men and women at least we think they are they got into a college they should know what North Korea is about. Kim Jong-un has nothing to do with the United States whatsoever. He's uh, trying to goad us in every chance he can get by firing off missiles and things like that. They should know at least something about where they're going there. And, and to go tour there and then to allegedly take a banner, and that is an act of heinous above anything for that country and get 15 years. You know, I hate to say he brought it on himself, but that's just terrible. I hope that we can, through... 
you know, talking, uh, the Secretary of State, however, get that young man back. That's going to be very difficult. It's going to be very difficult. I mean, obviously, he's been charged with stealing, you know. And so we swipe things, I guess, as a nation. We take things not thinking about a consequence. But obviously, it is a big deal in most nations when it comes to petty theft, you know, because obviously, they don't have a AB 109. Obviously, they don't have a Proposition <laughs> 47 and so forth. And so welcome, hey, welcome to No Longer Being in America. Okay, we do have another call on the line. Thanks for joining this conversation. Conversation. What's on your mind today? I got a question for you guys. Um, do you have or do you know how many universities have mad bombers act as professors? I was talking to a guy the other day who was telling me that, um, I forget her name, some gal, she was in jail for blowing people up in the 60s and she's a professor mm-hmm. with the liberal BS. You know, I'm going, if you know the number, could you? That's my question. So I'll just take it off the air. Well, we appreciate that. I, I do not know a number about that. We, we hear about, like, the Angela Davises who, who, uh, of the 60s with the Black Panther movement, uh, UC Berkeley. The Bill and, 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 uh, Right. There are a handful. And unfortunately, Andrew and Kohler, the ones that we do hear about, are the ones that uh, really have been in, really in trouble with the law. You know, it's a great question. It's it a is. great point. And I think it's something that um, I think all the listeners should uh, maybe take a look at. I mean, we've got the ability to Google it. And so maybe we should Google it as far as how I many universities. You know, you have to be careful with that, though, sir. You know, they're not going to call them mad bombers. They're going to call them no. activists. <laughs> yeah, gonna, exactly. They're, they're going to change the word. And, you know, that, that's so important. You know, that, what a great segue into what I really want to get into on the bottom part of the show. Words. You know, last week we really really had a, a pretty passionate show and you guys and I, I just want to let all our, all our listeners know that yes I, I'm going to be an activist <laughs> against this PLO and this OIG not as, a mad bomber as the months <laughs> go along as the years go along and as uh, as things occur and happen uh, you know I'm going to I am just someone's going to speak up for us and it is going to be me here on the 503 report okay let's talk a little bit about California's budget you know now you know all of our local listeners please bear with us because our listenership is expanding not just within the local area but also within our iTunes audience and uh, so we get the questions or at least I get the questions from time to time and it really has to do with the California budget you know we've been harping on the budget basically since proposition 30 temporary taxes was passed we've been harping on how there has been a two billion dollar reserve since 2012 when most californians took advantage of the 15 percent capital gains tax understanding that the following year under the obama administration and the republicans in congress because they agreed to it it jumping up to 20 percent Now, we have been consistently following this budget and challenging the accuracy of the information. And actually, I hate to use the word predicting, but we have been actually uh, warning, we have been advising our listenership that maybe these numbers are not adding up as the Legislative Analysis Office and the Budget Committee of Sacramento, California, are starting to make it be portrayed as. So at the beginning of this year, I mean, in February, just, what, two months ago, last month, yeah. you know, because we're at the end of uh, March right now, you know, we've only heard one report about the budget, and it was a quiet report talking about at that point in time in February, not January, 
February that the budget was currently a half a billion dollars short in tax revenue. In other words, the tax revenue coming in at that rate was a half a billion dollars short than what was anticipated. So it wasn't there as Governor Jerry Brown was making his proposal to the legislature so that we end up in May for the May revision going into the fiscal in June. Okay, that's about as simple as I can explain it. So we also talked about last year with Governor Jerry Brown's special session when it came to being five to six billion dollars short in transportation funding and other things. So he was proposing temporary tax fees. We've exposed that what he was not able to achieve in the legislative session that the legislature said no to, he has incorporated it in a budget document. So the question is, at this point in time, uh, once the legislators approve this budget document, now it becomes a law. Should that be the process of putting taxes or fees or increases on you by actually putting it into the budget and having it passed? That's almost being a little bamboozled. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up, folks, is because we are starting to see bargaining units up and down California. Bargaining units, well, those are the organizations known as unions that represent state employees, are starting to come into terms, starting to come into deals, contracts as we know it with this current administration now we've also exposed that the governor's budget right now is funding education k-12 through proposition 98 mandatory funding at a level that is questionable we see that bargaining units are starting to come into contract deals with pay increases that are going to be questionable once uh Proposition 30 expires at the end of this year of whether or not they can be sustained. Andrew, is, is, and you talked about the fees in the, into the budget, something we don't see, instead of putting it toward the people for a referendum because Prop 30 uh, is set to expire and Governor Brown wanted that. He, you know, he, he championed for it in 2012. Now he's, he, he had championed for it to go away at the end of 16. But he sees that the money is not there, and this is a way around, instead of changing his tune, to say, we need to have that extended. Or do you maybe even see the governor, Andrew, at a time saying, we need to uh, do that again for another two or four years? Or is fees into the budget that people are not going to see be the way that they're going to try and raise their money? Look, you taxpayers up and down California are going to see it every year when you see the increase on your DMV. You're going to see it in a tax, not directly, but all of a sudden, once again, this tax is going to affect you without you knowing it. You know, our good friend Christopher Bennett comes in and he uses the frog theory all the time. And this is exactly what's happening, folks. And, you know, to expose it is something that we're looking to do. You know, I mean, this is almost a little bit of, uh, I don't want, well, look, it is what it is as far as bamboozling you. You're not seeing it. The legislature did its job. The conservative Democrats in the California legislature last summer did its job when it came to opposing the proposals of Governor Jerry Brown, which was to increase the fees onto you, the listener. Now, they did it correctly in the form of a legislative session. That is why you're supposed to do it when it comes to a tax. However, to do the end around on the budget and then at the same time having almost a half a billion dollars that we brought up and we exposed set aside for state employment 
increases. No matter how we look at it, no matter how it's justified amongst state employees, we got to realize is that it is going to cost the taxpayers. With Proposition 30 now coming on the ballot, the question for us now is state employees, in order to preserve this, in, in, in order to sustain ourselves at this point in time, are we going to now be forced to get behind Proposition 30's no longer temporary taxes, but actually to extend them for as long as it takes. And let me tell you something, guys. Uh, that is not the best position for us as state employees to be in. Hey, if you'd like to join the conversation, 257-TALK-8255 or text us via that same number, 257-8255, the 503 report. Views and opinions expressed on the 503 report do not necessarily represent those of staff or management of KSUE or Sierra Broadcasting Company. They're brought to you solely by Andrew Wellborn and the 503 Network. Something you should know, you don't know, maybe you don't want to know, but you're going to know that right now. The year is 1818. <laughs> Ironically, the United States Congress approves the first pensions for government service. Huh, does that seem to be kind of a topic I'm talking about here? 1877, United States President Rutherford B. Hayes appoints author abolitionist Frederick Douglass as the United States Marshal for the District of Columbia. And all you uh, Westerner fans out there, 1882, Morgan Earp is shot down by outlaws while playing billiards in Tombstone. That was actually depicted pretty accurately in, the movie. in that movie. And, of course, 1922, huh, maybe this is an example of the first segment of this show, British magistrates in India, India I'm sorry, sentences Gandhi to six years imprisonment for, ready, disobedience. Disobedience. Hello, folks. Andrew Wellborn here on the 503 Report, bringing Sacramento and the world to you. And, of course, we podcast on iTunes where America's voice is heard. You know, Tim, we're talking a little bit, uh, not actually doing a lot of union talk, but we're bringing up the pensions a little bit here. We see um, from last week, and we really didn't get to it last week, you know, I I was very, very, very curious why um, San Jose Mayor, Democrat, Chuck Reed, actually pulled his pension proposal, his pension reform proposal uh, from the initiative process. And I, I read all the spin out there. Everybody was hoorah, hoorah, hoorah. He's not going to get no funding. He's not going to get no funding. I'm like, ah, no. There's a lot of uh, far-right money out there to fund this. What is the real reason? And then, you know, last week, a story that went relatively unnoticed was the U-System system out here, out here, the the, the the college system for the state of California, you know, the uh, the woman in charge, we, we, we remember her name is Janet Napolitano, you know, former member of the Obama administration, yes. you know, Homeland Security. You know, she is in charge of that, and she made a proposal to the regents of the UC system for new hires and employees to be, enter into a modified 401k retirement system. And, and this was supposedly as a result of a deal made by her and Jerry Brown for funding in order to prevent fees from being increased on students. Really? 
backwoods around that and wow just exposing sure. the back the, the back room deals yep. that everybody accused republicans of having you know the democrats are doing it too so the concern that i have is that seed is now being planted you know within the agencies and so eventually that gets negotiated by the contracts and nmous and eventually that's going to expand once that seed is planted and it, it, once it becomes successful with the uc system it's only a matter of time before it expands and so when we look at ccpoa's contract actually being a three-year deal you know the question is going to be for all the uh, 3.0ers out there and the 2.5ers out there you know are you going to be able to preserve that and so when we see a deal like this my concern is is that we see a nine percent increase we all know that so much money is going to go over here or so much money is going to go over there it doesn't matter how you slice it up that so much money is still coming out of the tax revenue you know are we starting to as 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 state employees are you starting to price yourself out of a pension when it comes to providing a service for the state of california so i'm just i'm just i'm just trying to Throw that out there as food of thought, especially with this new MOU that came out, as we see that Governor Brown has just uh, reached an agreement with the correctional peace officers out here in the state of California. Now, 30,000 uh, members on that, they do have to vote for that. And uh, like you've always said, and we've always said here on the 503 Report, the state of California, the taxpayers who provide us uh, with our our, jo- our money for our jobs have to do well, and when you continue to see a half a billion uh, shortfalls on projections and things like that, those things add up. We've been talking about it for years. There's, there's shortfalls of money all the time, and uh, I was really uh, pretty happy to see that. It was kind of an amazing to see, you know, how good that is for the officers out there, oh, statewide, hmm. the contract. Yeah, like I said, you know, yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, <laughs> Look out. Anyway, so, all right, let's move on to the national issues, man. Let's talk about Trump. Trump, 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 I got to tell you, you know, good for Trump. I think he might have heard us a couple of weeks ago when we called for the end of the baits. I think it's awesome. Yes. But Donald Trump has said enough's enough. I'm not going to go into. I mean, especially when we we talked about how the CNN actually showed how a debate was supposed to be done. Yes. You know, I mean, good for Trump for saying no at this point to Fox as far as stepping into another slugfest slash, you know, this anti-Trump movement that's happening in in the United States. And I got to tell you something, guys. I'm I'm kind of. Uh, I'm 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 gonna spark some controversy here real quick because you know what what's happening in the United States is not necessarily what's occurring. I'm gonna start this off real fast saying that I think maybe it, it should be Ted Cruz that steps out of the race. I think that maybe it's Ted Cruz and his libertarian movement within the Republican Party that is endangering the Republican brand. You know, the, 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 the people who are the millions of people who are showing up to support Donald Trump right now. That's the people. That is not a machine based on, a, you know, an organization. Correct. And so when we get into, into into what's happening in this nation, you know, you guys know that I'm working towards publishing. You guys know that, you know, a lot of the ideas that I bring up are, are, are researched. And it, you know, it's not hard. It's just that I'm trying to get us back to basics with some of our thoughts and understandings of ideology and how it applies to the two major parties in America. And we, we can say that we need third party, we need third party, whatever. That's cool. That's great advocation, but it's not happening. So as a result, what we see constantly 
internally within the political parties, whether it be on the Democrat side or we see it on the Republican side, is the invasion of an ideology that's got no place to go. So maybe an ideology like the Libertarian Party has been soundly rejected by the nation as a whole because the Libertarians have never been able to get a foothold as far as getting a candidate elected. Well, you know, the movement is always going to go somewhere. And so we see it always within the Republican Party, that libertarian invasion. And so, folks, I mean, when it comes down to whether you think you're a conservative, you think that you are uh, whatever it is that you think you are when it comes to the actual definition of the word, if, if, if you believe in states' rights, by definition, if, if you believe the 10th Amendment is more important than the 14th Amendment, if you believe that, you know, more power to the states than the national federal government, then, then you're not a conservative when it comes to this. Conservatism is based on status quo, you know, taking the best of established society and opposing the radical change. And so you may have a little bit of libertarianism because that's exactly what that ideology is. And so if you believe in the state rights and if you believe, you know, in, in, in a smaller government per se, then guess what? I mean, you're not really a conservative, okay? You're really a libertarian. Now, you might have a little bit of the conservative thought blended with that. But the ideology of libertarianism at this point in time, to this date in history, uh, you know, does not exist since the Civil War. It has not. Federalist, anti-federalist. That's the movement that we're seeing. And we're misconstruing it with words like, like populism. You know, Donald Trump is, is not a populist at this point in time. The movement behind Donald Trump is progressivism. Now, the leftists have twice, twice right now in recent time, adopted two very, very conservative words and have changed the meaning. We use the example all the time on this show with the word gay. We use it all the time. It can be confusing. We have, we've got great patriotic songs that refer to being gay. We have Christmas songs out there, sure. you know, they refer to being gay. And the big deal that I want to do, and the big issue for me at this point, is to bring it back to basics and understanding what's happening. The misrepresentation of the words and the misrepresentation of the ideology is something that's really happening in not just the Republican Party, but within the Democrat Party as well. Okay, we started out with 15 Republicans, conservatives, and it's whittled its way down to three right now. We have a uh, supposed staunch conservative in Ted Cruz, more moderate maybe, uh, John Kasich from Ohio, and Donald Trump, who, like Ronald Reagan, was a Democrat at one time, re Republican right now, and the party is just having an awful time with that and with what is going on. And you said it right about not being populist, but the people are getting behind that. And that's what the people want to see, and they're, they're hearing something they have not had or heard before, and it's very popular what he is saying. Well, you know, the popular movement was the foundation for progressive. Absolutely. And folks, I'm going to tell you right now, don't go to Webster's Dictionary to uh, try to dispute me on this, because Webster's Dictionary is horrible as far as the, <laughs> you know, implementing the evolution of words in today's modern times. Getting back to basics is what we have got to do. The original foundation of ideology, not the foundation of the Constitution. So, you know, when you talk about populism, guess what? It was the foundation 
Foundation for the Progressive Movement. The Progressive Movement in its earlier stages in the United States was really about equal opportunity, individual liberty. The movement was the antitrusters. Well, you know, today we don't use the antitrust. We don't use trusts and monopolies. We use corporations right now. You know, depending on what side of the historical argument that mm-hmm. you're on, the Sherman Antitrust Act, okay, either either opened up and, and mandated um, competition and gave the ability for the individual to compete with monopolies, or you think as a true capitalist, yeah. you don't want no interference with your ability to have capital gains. So, you know, there is the historical foundation that I'm, I'm, I'm preaching about here sure. today is understanding that the progressive movement in its in its original form in the United States was 100% about being able to support your family, having a job. You know, what's happening in America today is people are angry because there are no jobs. Our jobs have been to use today's terms in yesterday's historical point of view. The trusts today, corporations, the monopolies of yesterday, today's corporate America, have moved their job out of the United States, obviously, with trade agreements in the name of free trade. And yeah. free trade is 100% capitalism. And so people are angry right now because the United States Congress made that happen. The Congress made that happen. And, of course, presidents have signed those deals. Sure. And we've talked about that. And the people, you know, we want to inform them now. The presidents and the people running for office, they propose lots of things. But the Congress, the people that we vote in every couple of years there, are the ones that do make those laws. Presidents can say, this is what I would like to do. And with the help of, I would like to do that. But you're absolutely correct. Ted Cruz really has to run the board in order to maybe get the nomination. John Kasich really has no chance, but he's hoping for a brokered. Is this something that historically, Andrew, every once in a while it comes out? I know it's going to probably be pretty ugly on the Republican convention. Um, is that a good thing, that we may have something like that for the party? Look, a broker convention you know, is a good thing for people. Anytime that there's a movement, and we can look at it historically, and, and people can see it in modern times and not rely on a story from the past, sure. is a good thing Right in there in front of them. Absolutely, when it comes to this. So, you know, you know what, 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 what's not being said, right now is the possibility of what we're referring to as a broker deal in the Republican side possibly happen in the Democrat side. And the reason I say that, folks, is, look, I mean, what if Hillary Clinton gets indicted in the next month? What if it is becoming that, you know, that she did what they claim that she did? You know, the Democrats opened up this this can of worms, should we say, on themselves by pursuing General Petraeus so heavy. The Democrats didn't have to do that. But, you know, I mean, you know, the Democrats have established that what General Petraeus did, okay, resulted in him pleading to what he pled to and and in his career. So what happens if Hillary Clinton is indicted? You know, I mean, what's going to happen at that point? Who's going to step in? Is it going to be Joe Biden or is she going to run a political campaign when it comes to, you know, being under indictment? And the question is, is how are the American people going to look at that? You know, we're not focusing on that as much as we should when it comes to 
what's happening in the Republican Party. But right now, the libertarian movement right now, which is being, in my opinion, backed 100% by Fox News because they are libertarian when it comes to their commentators, not necessarily their, their anchors and their news desks, but their commentators are quite libertarian when it comes to this. So, you know, the broker deal in the Republican Party, I don't know. I think it's more likely that it could occur within the Democrats, but we're so focused on the Republicans, we don't see it. And so I think that's going to be more accepted on the Democrats should Hillary Clinton have to step out if she does, if, if she does. I'm not saying that she will. Okay. The Mitt Romney scenario that we're trying to attack him on is set up exactly on the Democrat Party side with Joe Biden. That's, now, did they not think in advance, I, I guess, after going after Petraeus and, and who was above him, how this would play out? They just wanted to get somebody uh, indicted, uh, somebody to blame on without thinking farther ahead, because she has pretty much been the presumptive nominee for since Obama's second term. Mm-hmm. I mean, were they not thinking that far ahead? Andy? Well, if I was, uh, I, I mean, if I were on the inside of Bernie Sanders' campaign, I mean— I, to me, I could reasonably conclude that, you know, that's what the thought process with Bernie Sanders and his side of the campaign is they're just waiting for that to occur. They don't want to bring it to the surface, but they are waiting for it to occur. And let me tell you something, guys. I mean, Bernie Sanders, the question for Bernie Sanders is, is that what is he going to do? You know, is he going to be the vice presidential possible candidate for an indicted? Wow. You know, you see what I'm getting Man. at? So, you know, Bernie yep. Sanders, we forget he is the independent. He is a member of the independent party. He is the third party candidate that's actually running for a seat as a Democrat. And so once again, folks, I'm just trying to get you guys caught up on us. You know, it seems like that every now and then the press catches up with us as they do. And so I'm giving a little food of thought that, you know, possibly could happen. So look out for it. Watch it. Let's let's just see if it develops or something close to this develops. And let's have, oh, I don't want to say have fun with it, but let's be informed with it. All right, Andrew. All right, folks, time for my favorite book. It comes from 1 Chronicles 1611. I will give you peace and quietness. God bless you, America. The 503 Report, bringing Sacramento and the world to you. All right, and of course, we want to thank all those men and women who go to work every day, working the toughest beaten state, forming a duty so that you, our listener, up and down the great state of California, can be safe. The 503 Report, heard Fridays right after the news on 1240 KSUA, weekends at 7 o'clock before a swap shop on the news, and Sunday at 7.30. SierraDailyNews.com, half hour after the show. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you for your time.